Hi, this is James Eek, and you are listening to Warrior's Way Podcast, episode number 84. Before we kick off this week's Warrior's Way Podcast, I just wanted to take a minute and invite you to join our Patreon page. What I've done is start up a subscription service that gives you a growing database of instructional videos in a variety of martial arts, meditation instruction, breathwork, fitness, and a whole lot more. If you're getting value out of the podcast that I love giving to the world and would like to ensure that it keeps going strong, our Patreon page is a way you can do just that. Think of it as your personal digital sensei teaching you how to enrich your life through training in the way. So press pause and head on over to patreon.com and find our Warriors Way podcast page and join us as a supporter now. You'll get a gold star in my heart when you do. What separates warriors from savages? What can we learn from people who dedicated their entire lives to fighting? Were they seeking something bigger or just being mindlessly violent? If there has ever been a constant in my life, that constant has been battles. Whether it was on top of tatami during martial arts practices, the struggle to do one extra rep when working out, or even to get up when not feeling like it. I've been fighting ever since I was born, and chances are you have too. And the least we should do when in battle is to behave like a warrior. For millennia, human beings have been practicing and training to achieve mastery in whatever they do. We've seen a fair share of battles and wars on this earth, and the winner isn't always determined by who has the most advanced armor or technology. It especially wasn't the case before firearms were invented, when the fights happened face-to-face, when there was an equal chance of cutting and being cut. During those times, the most successful warrior cultures developed their own ways to lead their lives. We've heard of the rigorous training in Sparta, the samurai discipline, the Macedonian unity, the Vikings' devotion to spirituality and wisdom. To start off exploring the way of the warrior, there's nothing better than turning our sights to the east, most specifically to India, one of the world's most important texts, the Bhagavad Gita. The Gita is an ancient Hindu manuscript set in the narrative, believed by some historians to have been based on actual events that culminated in a war taking place around 1000 BC. The narrative revolves around a conversation between Arjuna and Krishna. When Arjuna sees his enemies and realizes they aren't foreign, but instead his relatives, his teachers, and friends, he turns to Krishna, asking the god what to do, and the narrative is developed with that dialogue. The Gita was supposedly written at a time when karma yoga, or the yoga of action, wasn't seen with the best of eyes. When people didn't believe that it was possible or even that it made sense to unite action with wisdom, that the pursuit of wisdom had nothing to do with fighting and leading an active life. The manuscript sets out to disprove that, advocating 
for a life of selfless action and saying that we have the right to work, but not to the fruits of the work. Meaning that every activity we engage in should be done for its own sake and not for the end result. The Gita is a manual for action, an outline of principles we should have when living our lives. Several interpretations of the text have been made, but the most widely accepted one is that Arjuna represents the capital S self, what is noble. And his enemies are his flaws and vices, what he must fight and defeat in the battlefield to emerge as a king. He can't hesitate. He can't second question that. Even though they are parts of him, important parts at that, they aren't doing him any good and he has to fight and to defeat them. Most of us will never see a battlefield. Most of us will never have to lead an army in battle or even be in a street fight during our lives. Our battles are different in nature. They're internal. The opponents aren't trying to physically cut us with swords. They're telling us that it's okay if you don't go running today. That there's no problem to stay in your comfort zone. And many other things that stop us from being the men and women we aim to be. I mentioned at the start that one of the types of battles that I've faced was during martial arts practice. Even those battles were, for me, internal battles. Even if all I'm focused on is landing that blow, that is still a battle I'm fighting against myself. And I have yet to meet a martial artist who wouldn't disagree with me on that. As I'm worried about landing a blow, as that's all that's going through my mind, not the problems I have at home, not what to make for dinner, not whatever tasks I have to do as soon as I leave the dojo, I'm fighting against myself with the help of my opponent. I'm facing my fears and my hesitancies, my doubts, my thoughtlessness, my lethargy. I'm forcing myself to stay in the moment, to stand straight and look for an opening and not slouch and give in to my internal enemies. In doing that, I would lose the battles, internal as well as external, in a millisecond. Fights like that can be abstracted into other contexts in the same way that we can't hesitate, have the obligation to stand straight and not let our minds wander during a fight. We shouldn't let our minds wander while doing meaningful work. Of course, the consequences won't be as severe, but they should be respected in the same way. We might not get physically hurt, but we might taint our reputation, lose out on opportunities or even lose our jobs. As Krishna says in the second chapter, for a warrior, nothing is higher than a war against evil. The warrior confronted with such a war should be pleased, Arjuna, for it comes as an open gate to heaven. But if you do not participate in this battle against evil, you will incur sin, violating your dharma and your honor. Of course, that war against evil means the war against what is baser in our natures. And by neglecting this battle, by refusing to kill our baser selves, we violate our dharma, or what is right, our destiny, and honor. We do ourselves a disservice by not becoming the best versions of ourselves that we can. We're neglecting 
to live our lives properly. When we bow our heads and go about our day, normally instead of trying to do one extra set, when we snooze our alarms instead of getting up immediately, when we wear creased clothes because we can't be bothered to iron them. A fundamental struggle in everyone's lives is in finding their path, in knowing what they value as true and how to get to what we truly want. It's safe to say that everyone in this world has an ultimate goal of finding happiness, whatever that means to them. Whether happiness is in working nine to five and going home to their spouse and children and having their own apartment and living alone, working 80 hours a week towards something meaningful or renouncing all material possessions to go live in a temple. And how many stories have we seen of people who had successful careers but renounced them to move to a cabin in the woods? How many people gave up on successful jobs to try their luck in a new city doing what they really wanted to do? What Krishna is saying is that we should live in accordance to what truly pulls and inspires us. Because if we end up struggling for years or even decades in a situation, we'll be happier than succeeding in something we don't exactly want to do. Warriors need to know they're fighting for the right reasons to even want to fight at all. Warriors have to feel deep within themselves that their cause is right and just and that they stand for what is good. They wouldn't put their lives in line if that weren't the case. In the same vein, whenever we set out to do anything, it has to be the right thing for us. In an ideal world, we would be willing to risk our lives for the privilege of doing each and everything we do. If we aren't willing to do just that, we might want to reconsider how we spend our lives and if we're truly following what matters the most. Are we doing ourselves a disservice by working the field we're in? Do we have more to offer than what we are currently doing? What do we live for? What would we die for? Answering those questions might help us pin down where the battle is for us. It won't be pretty and we'll struggle, but it will be worth it. I frequently think back to what the author Stephen Pressfield calls the resistance constantly trying to identify where I find it in my life and knowing I should be doing it no matter what. That's where the battle is for me. And every day I find myself not fighting, it's a day I lost. Regardless of which religion we may follow, there's something to be learned from each of them. We don't need to convert ourselves to Hinduism to see that there's value in such texts as the Gita. Wisdom hasn't been held by one single culture or people, and after they left us, we lost everything. By diversifying what we read and research, we can find gems like this one. The Gita doesn't advocate for violence. When setting out to live like a warrior, we aren't training for battle and looking for opportunities to get into fights. We're looking for ways to improve ourselves and become the best people we can. Being a warrior is walking with an open chest towards the enemy. It's not being afraid to die for our brothers in arms. It's looking up when the situation seems dire, 
being thankful we have the opportunity to go through such a challenge and fighting even harder to stay alive. And even if we can't do those things in battle, we can all stand straight and look ahead when walking down the street. We can all make our work our legacies. We can welcome challenges and obstacles, and we can all fight whatever stands in our way to become better people. We don't need swords or guns to fight the war within us. We just need to respect our enemies without letting them scare us. We need to be willing to let go of things that might be dear to us, but are ultimately holding us back. As for how we identify what we should let go of, well, that's up to each of us individually. The resistance often helps. So that is from an article called The Way of the Warrior, Bhagavad Gita, on the Ask Vinny website. And I think it's awesome. Um, really well done article. And if you haven't read the Gita, pick it up. I would highly recommend that you dive into the Gita as soon as possible. And if you have read it, reread it. This article, as good as it is, it doesn't even touch on some of the greater points that the Gita will turn you on to. <clears throat> what I'd suggest personally is to download an audiobook of the Gita and listen to it while you're at the gym or in the car or walking or on the bus. <clears throat> Excuse me, just getting over a flu. <laughs> Hearing the Gita spoken, at least I've found, gives it more power and meaning somehow. The Gita is not only a book that teaches us how to be a warrior in this life, but also tells us what life is all about, about how we should all live. It's about all that's real. Now, without going too deep on this one, Let's just say what we all perceive as real is not really what is there. It's our perception only. Life and our place in it and our individual individuality is pretty much the original fake news. <laughs> we are all far more. Our place in this universe is basically that we are all one. We are the whole. We simply can't perceive ourselves as what we really are. We just perceive ourselves as individuals. And that smartphone you carry around is one thing, and your friend and your enemy is others. The Gita, and for that matter, modern physics, teaches us that we are actually all just one thing. Yeah, deep I know. <laughs> and I could go on about this a lot longer, believe me but I don't want to weigh you down too much. Just understand that you're part of something much bigger. We all are. Next time you are angry and want to unleash it, understand that the person or thing that you're about to lose it on is actually you. When you're being a douchebag to somebody, understand that you are really doing that to yourself. When you're cruel, mean, judgmental, rude, or anything else, you're actually doing that to you. The environment's a mess, and it's desperate at times. Yeah, guess what? That's actually you too. 
When we start to see reality in ourselves like this, everything starts to change. It breeds and grows compassion and understanding. It breeds reflection and self-growth. Dive into the Gita, and what you will find is everything you have likely been looking for to help give you direction, not just in your life, your spiritual growth, and your training. In the end, the Gita directs us to train ourselves to live, to live lives of meaning, direction, purpose, and honesty. If you want to have a fuller, more enriched life, you have to get after it. And it's not something you're going to, you are going to do tomorrow. It's not something you're going to do next month. It's something that you need to get on right now. If reading or listening to this ancient but somehow very timely text enriches your life and makes you see things in a different light and the world and your place in it in a better way, the importance of our training, the right way to walk, well, man, that is a good, good thing. Get after it, people. Bhagavad Gita. I cannot stress it enough. All right. What is the question of the week? The question of the week. When it comes to training, what do you think is the most important thing? That is a great question. I'd say, hmm, I'd say the most important thing is to understand that everything is training. Oh, see what I did there? And I really mean that. Every single thing you do, everything in your life is training. It's how you think. It's how you treat people. It's the text messages you send. It's the food you eat, the way you breathe. Training means not just doing this thing we do when we go to our dojo for an hour or two. It means understanding that the time we spend off the mats is probably more important than the time on them. The time on the mats, we get down to the work. The time off the mats is when we learn to integrate all those different aspects into our lives. This is the way. We have to get after it and delete our excuses from our lives. We have to train. Train, period. Everything is training. So there you go. Figure out what is the meaning of the way. And then follow it. And that is that. So... If you are enjoying this podcast, like I mentioned at the beginning, head on over to patreon.com and check out the cool videos that I've made. There's a whole bunch of them now. Everything from jujitsu to, you know, meditation and breathing and mukjong and a whole lot of stuff and more all the time. So check it out. Look for the Warrior's Way podcast on Patreon. The other thing is if you like what you're listening to, I've written a couple of martial arts books. One is what this podcast is named after, Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning in the Martial Arts. And the other is called A Wolf in the Woods, which is, believe it or not, about a fight I had in the woods with a wolf. 
should probably do a podcast on that. I keep meaning to and keep finding other cool things. But uh, you can read about it in the book. So there you go. It's a win-win. Um, if you are so inclined and a social media kind of person, you can find me on Instagram. Look for the Eek Academy. That's my martial arts school in the beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, you can find the Eek Academy as well on Facebook. And you can also find the Warriors Way podcast Facebook page there. Um, it's a good way to track me down if you're looking to throw a question of the week at me or a podcast idea or anything else. And one last thing, if you can help me out, I'd greatly appreciate it. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to this thing. And let your friends, your training partners, your teachers, your brother, sister, weird dude that wanders down the sidewalk, let everybody know about the podcast. Uh, We're growing all the time, and that is thanks to all of you. And I appreciate it that you are listening. And without further ado, I think that is all I have for you for another week. So get yourself out on those mats. Train hard. Have some fun while you're doing it. Life is short. Be a great friend, not just a good one. And look around this world and see what you can do to make it better. It just takes little things. Waste less. Reuse more. Cut out plastic out of your life. Make this world a better place because you were in it. There's a thought. Thanks a lot.